With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Appreciate you. Uh, I had a lovely little break, and shout out to TNT Radio for giving us uh, multiple days off. That was super cool. Wasn't expecting it. Uh, Took full advantage, spent lots of time with my family. Uh, It was lovely. So um, I'm feeling rested. I'm sure that I'm about to get uh, pummeled and battered with all kinds of bad news and everything as I jump back into uh, the news cycle, but that's just how it is, right? We got to just get through it. Uh, Okay, so a couple quick things before we jump into the show. Uh, first of all, my friend Collins here uh, from INN. That's going to be fantastic. I love my chats with Collins. So um, uh, we'll be bringing him in momentarily. Um, I also hope you had an amazing holiday season, whatever you happen to celebrate, or if you don't celebrate at all, hope you had a great week. Um, okay. So quick thing, first of all, um, a little bit of a personal quick thing, not really personal, but um, it's a, a little bit of a, a help to some of my friends. Um, my pals over at Hardlands Media are dealing with some shenanigans over at YouTube. Um, they have a disgruntled former employee um, who has been trying to hit them with copyright strikes from long videos long ago. Um, and they, uh, I think I think as on January 1st, they're going to lose, um, uh, I don't know if they're losing their channel or if they're losing um, the ability to stream. I don't know uh, the extent of it, but we have all been trying to um, jump on uh, Twitter um, and uh, at YouTube, Team YouTube, YouTube support, at YouTube, whatever it is, um, or all three. Um, you can go to hard, at Hardlands Media they are tweeting about it relentlessly. They're trying to save their channel. So um, they do fantastic work over there. They have a great morning show. So um, just a little bit of a, a quick personal aside there, if you could go uh, and try to help them raise awareness about that and get YouTube to actually act. Um, if you have uh, ever been familiar with the YouTube situation, if you are a creator of any kind and a situation like this arises, your uh, ability to challenge it or anything is incredibly limited. Um, it's uh, very likely you won't even get to speak to a human being Um, And if you do happen to speak to a human being, they usually just shoot you down. Unless you have a huge amount of followers, it's very difficult to challenge them on any of that stuff. So um, if we can just kind of use our own voices to raise awareness and put some pressure on them to, uh, you know, stop this, stop the shenanigans, that would be fantastic. Okay. Also, um, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple quick things here. (laughs) So um, Robert Kennedy Jr. is um, going to be doing a, um, a, an appearance on, uh, on January 29th. Uh, in Manhattan. Um, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because to me, this is super interesting. Now, the, the initial flyer that I saw did not have this person um, uh, listed on there. But then my friend um, Connor Freeman from uh, the Libertarian Institute sent over another uh, flyer that they had up there. So this is about choosing life amid the loss of a parent, spouse and child. Um, it's so Rabbi Shmuley is going to be there. <laughs> So that should just tell you everything that you need to know. But the one that I find most interesting, at least for me as an Assange supporter, is the fact that Miriam Adelson is going to be a featured speaker as well. If you're not familiar with who that is, that is a one Sheldon Adelson's wife. Um, uh, Sheldon Adelson passed away, I think, last year. Um, but he, if, for, if you're not familiar, he is the guy who allegedly funded the CIA spying operation on Julian Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy. I'm just saying. Um, so all of the red flags continue to go up around Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, uh, It's fascinating to me that so many people are still taking him as seriously as they are, and especially as a 
so-called anti-war candidate. It's mind-blowing to me that anybody um, would think that this guy is anti-war anything. Um, he's very clearly not. So um, I just wanted to bring that up. It's just a, a, an interesting little tidbit there that I happened to pick up. on. Also, I wanted to make fun of uh, Anthony Blinken. Um, this guy, and we talk about this a lot on this show, every time uh, World Press Freedom Day rolls around or World Humanitarian Rights Day or whatever, any time one of those dates rolls around, we often talk about the hypocrisy of these turds who go on their social media pages and tweet out that they care about freedom of press or humanitarian rights or any of the stuff that they very clearly do not care about. Uh, but this guy, the nerve, just the, the the nerve to be able to tweet something like this out um, as so many things are happening. So this is his tweet. Ready? <laughs> this has been an extraordinarily dangerous year for press around the world. Many killed, many more wounded, hundreds detained, attacked, threatened, injured, simply for doing their jobs. I am profoundly grateful to the press for getting accurate, timely information to the people. Are you, though? Are you? Are you profoundly grateful? Because you're currently torturing Julian Assange. Seriously? We're still going to pretend like that's not a thing that's happening at the behest of the United States of America? And obviously, Andy Blinken is not personally responsible for that situation but he is involved in the administration that is currently continuing the torture and persecution of a journalist for what he said, getting accurate, timely information to people. That's what Julian Assange and WikiLeaks does. And in fact, they do it better than anyone else. They have a 100% record of accuracy over the entire course of their uh, existence. Um, so just it's mind blowing to me that this guy has the nerve to get on social media and pretend that he and also we could talk about the now over 100 journalists that Israel has slaughtered in Palestine and Lebanon um, that uh, the United States is providing much of the weaponry for doing. So, I mean, just an, another just example of rank hypocrisy from Antony Blinken. He is uh one of the worst when it comes to this kind of thing. So made me giggle a little bit um, as I was raging in my head about it because it's just so vile. But there you have it. That's just who Anthony Blinken is. Okay. Um, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack. It's free to subscribe. Um, you can find a write-up for the guest of the day every day so that you can find, follow, and support their work as well. Uh, and if you would like, you can shoot me an email over at Misty Winston uh, at TNTRadio.live if you have a guest idea, show idea. I love uh, stuff like that. If you have somebody you want me to talk to, I'm always interested in finding new people outside of my circle um, or outside of my little uh, universe that I live in. Um, uh, uh, so if you have a anything like that you want to send to me uh, i'm definitely open to that and also you can if you have a question or if you just want to rant about something uh feel free i will uh, try to get back to you and while you're at it why not give tnt radio a follow we are on all the major social media platforms and probably shadow band uh including facebook twitter instagram gab and getter so you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk tnt radio talk that matters for once we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world today's news talk radio tnt all right, y'all. According to a new investigation by Amnesty International and the Washington Post, India's government has used the notorious Pegasus spyware, we've talked about this on the show, uh, to attack the devices of several prominent Indian journalists whose reporting was critical of their country's government and its allies. That's just kind of what Pegasus is for, I think. Uh, so here with this story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Adam, my friend, how was your holidays? It was wonderful. Thank you, Misty, Good. and yours? 
good. Yeah. No. Was your was your device spied on by Pegasus? Probably. Oh well, I guess yeah, probably, but we'll never find out because our country does it so secretive we'll never hear about it, right? Yeah. Uh un, un, unlike India, who just got caught. Oh, shame on you, India. Uh but yeah, no no surprise here. Um, but it is fascinating and a warning um sign of things to come. Uh, or things already happening. Uh, so this this particular investigation, courtesy of Amnesty International and a report by The Washington Post, the findings were published, I believe, today, Thursday. Uh, noted uh, These findings noted that India's repeated use of the spyware against several journalists. Um, let's see. This included, they, they pointed out, Siddharth Dharandarahan, who is the founding editor of the digital media outlet, one of my favorites, actually, The Wire, uh, along with Anand Mangnal, uh, the South Asia editor at the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, the OCCRP, not familiar with them. Uh, and the most recent identified case was uh, October 2023, not that long ago. Uh, NSO is known for the Pegasus software, which turns a user's mobile phone into a snooping device by gaining access to its microphone and camera. In case you didn't know, the Israeli firm's technology has been used by governments around the world to target political opponents, journalists, and activists. Pegasus, its name, uh, can be used to access a phone's messages, emails, and photos, and can also be used to eavesdrop on calls, track locations, and record videos via the phone's cameras. Uh, Doncha Osirbahale, the head of Amnesty's security lab, said in a statement, quote, increasingly journalists in India face the threat of unlawful surveillance simply for doing their jobs alongside other tools of repression repression, including imprisonment under draconian laws, smear campaigns, harassment, and intimidation. Uh, furthermore, quote, despite repeated revelations, there has been a shameful lack of accountability about the use of Pegasus spyware in India, which only intensifies the sense of impunity over these human rights violations, end quote. Amnesty's security lab found that there was a possibility of renewed Pegasus threats toward Indian individuals in June 2023 and in October. Apple issued a round of notifications to more than 20 journalists and opposition figures in the country that their phones may have been targeted by, quote unquote, state sponsored attackers, i.e. their own government. <laughs> Amnesty conducted a forensic analysis on the phones of individuals who received these notifications, including Varadharahan and Magnali, and found traces of Pegasus. Pegasus spyware activity on devices owned by both of the Indian journalists. On Magnal's devices, there was evidence of a zero-click attack, referring to an attack where spyware can be remotely installed on a device without the user ever needing to actually click on a malicious link. Um, wow. So that's pretty frightening. Uh, back in July of 2022, Amnesty International, Forbidden Stories, and a group of international media organizations revealed that Pegasus spyware had been used in hacks of smartphones belonging to journalists, government officials, human rights activists, and even political leaders. The investigative group revealed it had acquired a, acquired a list of 50,000 phone numbers <laughs> that appeared to be targets identified by the Israeli company's clients to be spied upon using Pegasus. Um, wow. How about that? So yes, this is a big problem, Misty, and no surprise. I see you're, 
You're just shaking your head. What do you think about this uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> recent de-pantsing of India's government for using Pegasus? Well, I mean, um, listen, I've been following Pegasus spyware for a very long time, um, years, uh, and this is no surprise to anybody who's been paying attention to this sort of a thing. This is happening uh, all over. And I would imagine in almost every single country, uh, major, at least, you know, major countries, uh, obviously any country in the West is using it. Um, all of them are using it. I wouldn't be surprised if e even like Russia, China, those uh, kinds of countries are also using it as well. It's a massive problem. Um, and it, listen, this should terrify everyone because again, they, um, I mean, obviously they're probably only using it for, um, you know, the targeting of journalists and activists and things like that, uh, mostly, but this can be used to spy on any and all of us. And frankly, it is. I mean, we already know, at least in the United States, uh, uh, the NSA has been spying, us, spying on us for a very long time. And Pegasus is legit. It is, as you said, it's zero click. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> like you, you don't have to opt in. You don't have to accidentally click the wrong button or there's no phishing. There's no like, hey, I'm a, um, you know, a billionaire from somewhere, somewhere. If you send me your bank details, I'm going to give you a million dollars. There's none of that. Nothing needs to be done. They are just able to install it onto your phone. And then as you said, it's not just that they can read your emails and listen to your voicemails and all of that stuff, read your text messages, because that's terrifying enough. They can access your camera, they can record you uh, on a daily basis. Um, I mean, listen, if you don't have your cameras covered already on all of your devices, your tablet, your laptops, your cell phones, whatever, you should have that stuff covered. They sell cool little things. It's like a little flip that comes down. At least that's the one I have. I'm sure there's other options. Mine just like is a little um, uh, like a little disc that flips down over the camera and then it just pushes out of the way very easy uh they sell that kind of stuff get one if you don't already have one get one you need one um but yeah this is not surprising um uh it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and um how india reacts and responds to these allegations which i guess we have to say it's an allegation although seems pretty solid uh to me um but yeah pegasus has been a problem for a very long time it is and frankly um you know this is what one of the reasons why it frustrated frustrated me so much uh prior to october 7th when people who for example were supporting robert kennedy jr would say oh well israel's just one issue no it's not <laughs> Israel has its hands in lots of different things, and that includes being one of the biggest purveyors of spyware on planet Earth. They have lots of these kinds of systems, and they sell it to countries around the globe who then use it to spy on their own citizens. So, yeah, definitely a massive problem. But what do you think, Adam? Surely this is fine. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, one of our yeah. former presidents told me as much. Um, Mr. Yeah. Barack Obama said, if you have nothing to hide, yeah. then you should be all right. So, yeah, I mean, we're all good. I mean, it's not like you're a terrorist, Misty. You're not doing anything wrong, are you? Uh, unless, uh, are you critical of your government? Uh oh, we, we might we might have a problem here. Right? This is why I like, I me personally, I mean, I encourage the, the listener slash viewer of TNT Radio to get that fancy app on their phone. I've got it. But I prefer to listen to the audio from another device and let my phone, who's spying on me, tune in as well. Hopefully the people who are listening will actually learn something for once, Misty. Nice. I like that idea, actually. And you know what's funny? Uh, so I was the host and uh, organizer with Action for Assange, which is an, uh, a very decentralized organizing group, obviously, for Julian Assange. Uh, and we I'm, we haven't done the shows for a while. Just I've been very busy. We've all been a little bit burnt out. So we are, we're kind of on hiatus. But we used to joke all the time that we had uh, like an assigned NSA agent. We named him Kevin. Uh, and we would often like, you know, talk to him, you know, shout out to Kevin, our NSA agent who's listening in. And we would wave to the camera and all of that stuff jokingly but 
for real. I mean, uh, you mentioned, are you on, uh, uh, are you on this uh, list or whatever people that, and yeah, I know that I'm on lists. I, there was a, a big leak of list of uh, Assange supporters that they were tracking and monitoring. My name was mentioned in this document three different times. Um, so for sure, I'm uh, definitely on those lists. It's, it's fine, whatever. We should name our NSA agent that's currently listening to our show, Adam, uh, <laughs> say hi, say hi, everybody say hi to our nice little NSA we'll spy. He's, he used to work at State Farm. His name is Jake. How about that? Jake, I love it. I love it. Well, she's a guy. So, um, okay. Uh, Adam, thanks for bringing us the story. We will talk to you again tomorrow as always. And everybody hang tight. We're going to be back with my pal Colin right after this right here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. If you're still wearing a cloth or a surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. As promised, our guest today is my pal, Colin Radix-Carter. Colin is an educator and organizer uh, who's also the co-found, a co-founder of Indie News Network. You guys I've heard all about any news network. I talk about them all the time. Uh, Colin also co-hosts INN News on Wednesday nights. Definitely go and check that out. Uh, and you can also follow him on Twitter at, I'm going to spell it for you, O-G-B-O-N-N-A underscore Colin. It's Colin with two L's, by the way. Uh, and you can find INN across various platforms. They're on all the things, Rockman Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube. Uh, try to stay away from YouTube, though. Lots of shenanigans going on over there. Um, and as always, you can find links for all of Colin's stuff, as well as links to INN over on my Substack. Colin, my friend, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on, Misty. 
Yeah, of course. It's always good to talk to you. There's obviously lots to discuss. I know that you want to talk about Israel-Palestine. I think that that is, it's difficult to steer away from that at this point. Like I I, I feel a little bit guilty that um, most of my shows are covering that situation because there's obviously other things going on in the world. It's hard to turn away though, Colin, right? Yeah. I'm um, My co-host, Reef, and I, we always make this comment every week, it seems like we've been hitting Israel-Palestine uh, very hard the last few months, but that's really what's been dominating the news cycle and rightly so but i feel even within that there are stories that have not been reported or underreported um that do need to be shared as well so uh so you asked me what i wanted to talk about today and actually we were very fortunate to have brett wilkins who is a writer for common dreams uh who is a friend to the network so he came on and kind of reported shared his reporting regarding the casualty count uh in gaza right now which is and this is a very i'll say low but twenty thousand um people which not hearing about in mainstream media right now um so just considering that as as this is described as the most devastating uh retaliatory campaign in human history so that's not being talked about in mainstream media i think is it's definitely a disservice, but I think it just undermines how catastrophic this conflict really is that people are not talking about in the way that they should. Yeah, um, it's like we're we're not even three months into this thing, Colin. We're not even three months into this thing, and you said twenty thousand. That is incredibly low. Euromed Human Rights Monitor uh, is, and this is from yesterday, uh, is saying that twenty nine thousand one hundred and twenty four people have been killed. That includes eleven thousand four hundred and twenty two children. I'll say it again, children, Colin. This drives me crazy. I feel like are people not like do you are you not comprehending the word children? Is that not registering somewhere? Because to me, if I hear that in two and a half months um uh, 11,422 children have been slaughtered I'm I take issue with that it's weird to me that more people are not taking issue with that and for me I, it, it seems as if anybody with any sense of humanity would be uh, immediately willing to do anything to stop right. this from happening right, right. it's crazy you know considering that this is more than twice the death count of the numbers in Ukraine which has been happening since over its two years. Yeah. So the fact that we've had more dense deaths in a two month span compared to what's been happening in Ukraine for almost two years, I think, again, it just goes to show how little this is being talked about. And this is almost kind of undermined in mainstream media, just as far as the total death. Well, again, I would say it's a lot higher than that because there are a lot of children that's still under rubble. Uh, yeah. right now that have not been accounted for. So you can imagine that the number is way higher than that. But for sure. Yeah. So I it, yeah, it's just really. And we should also mention too, Colin, that the numbers are also going to rise, not from direct casualties as a result of bombing or people being buried under rubble and then essentially starving to death, which I can't think 
of a much worse way to die, being uh, trapped underneath rubble, dark, cold, alone, starving to death slowly. I think that that's horrendous. Um, but also, we need to mention the fact that there's going to be a lot of secondary casualties where people are going to be dying from disease, starvation, things like that. We, we were already seeing that starting to take place. Um, there's very little food. Clean water is it's impossible to find. People are getting incredibly ill. And in fact, it was so disgusting to me is that um, I heard somebody talking the other day that they're concerned because they're worried that that disease um, uh, related impact is going to start um, uh, spreading into Israel. And so suddenly they care <laughs> that um, this is a situation that may now impact Israelis. You don't care about the people of Gaza or the people of Palestine who are going to be dying from those things. But um, but yeah, there's and you're right. The, the death count is certainly um, way too low. I mean, we heard Joe Biden pretend as if they were, um, you know, uh, th those numbers couldn't be trusted, despite the fact that the Gaza Health Ministry, historically speaking, has been incredibly accurate when these situations uh, rise up. Um, but also, frankly, it it's low because uh, we have people buried under rubble. Also, communication systems are down. It's difficult for different hospitals to report things. I, I mean, it is an impossible situation in general. So, yeah, I think that it they are grossly underreported. And it's I mean, it's already a devastating number. <laughs> Well, considering the type of bombs that they're being used, they're known as bunker bombs, which yeah. are illegal. And, and the United States government has admitted that they would not use them under normal circumstances, but yet we're freely giving them away to Israel. And these are the type of bombs that will essentially level buildings like in yeah. one go. So the idea that Israel is talking about, you know, these are um, guided attacks against Hamas, you know, it's absolutely not the case. We know what happened, you know, with bin Laden, like those were targeted. They actually went in the caves to find him. And here it's just the idea of blowing up buildings in one swoop uh, as the excuse of, oh, we need to target Hamas that are underneath um, when that's not the case. And then no. just the impact of that um, is, like one blast can shoot, I think it's at least um, like people can feel that from about 1200 feet away. So just a secondary onslaught of that you know, will also yes. be devastating to people as well. well and it's very so. clear that they're not targeting Hamas because they are blowing up civilian infrastructure and they're blowing up hospitals and schools and s supposed safe areas. They're telling people to evacuate to the South and then they're bombing the South. I mean, it is very clearly, I'm so tired of people pretending like this isn't a genocide. It absolutely is. It has been made abundantly clear. And we also need to mention the fact too, that they're using what's called dumb bombs. And the reason they're called dumb bombs is because they're they're dumb. They, there is no targeting of them. It is an indiscriminate bombing. And so, uh, yeah, it's very frustrating to me, the level of propaganda and the level of just um, willful ignorance that is going on here. Uh, and I think that that's really just a testament to how incredible the propaganda has been over the past seven decades. But yes, yeah. this is it's atrocious what's going on. It is mind blowing to me that anybody can still um, I could see maybe um, when it first initially kicked off, if you were very heavily entrenched in the propaganda, um, I could see why you might have reacted emotionally from the jump but seeing this now play out there's just no more denying it and it's very frustrating that so many grown adults are unable to come to terms with reality here but um okay listen we got to take a quick break we're going to get some headlines hang tight we're going to be back here on tnt radio now. TNT radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill 
Former Attorney General Bill Barr has voiced his opinion that the U.S. Supreme Court should overturn a decision made by the Colorado Supreme Court, which disqualifies former President Donald Trump from appearing on Colorado state ballot. The U.S. will provide Ukraine with an additional $250 million in military aid, Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced on Wednesday. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. All right, we're here with my pal Colin from Indie News Network. Please go check them out, support, subscribe, like, share, all the things. Um, obviously, they're algorithmically suppressed, as is most of independent media, so help them out however you can. Um, so listen, I was just uh, checking uh, my Twitter um, while we were on break there, and uh, our friend friend of the show, Vanessa Bealy, um, I love her, I adore her, she's one of the best journalists working today, uh, just tweeted out that she lives in Damascus, by the way, in Syria. She just tweeted out, Damascus, huge explosion, incoming missiles, um, and the air defense has been activated. This is obviously yet another attack from Israel. They have been bombing Syria and Lebanon, as my friend Sarah uh, pointed out on Twitter. Uh, it's She said, and this is from uh, earlier, a couple hours ago. She said, breaking Israel is now bombing three different countries at the same time, Syria, Lebanon, and Palestine, which they have been doing ad nauseum for a very long time. Uh, and she continues, a regime that constantly drops bombs on its neighboring countries, killing innocent civilians, is not the victim. Israel is the aggressor. And Colin, I think that that's a huge um, point to make that so many people are missing. They uh, There's this victim mentality that Israel likes to uh, live. I shouldn't, I, I, we should say Zionists to be very clear, because there are Israelis who definitely do not subscribe to this crap. Um, uh, but so Zionists very much like to live in a victim mentality. Um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's something, isn't it, Colin? It's very interesting. I would argue that I feel like the majority of Israelis are against this, because many yeah. Israelis do not like Netanyahu, but yet we yeah. hear at least it kind of seems on social media that again there are Zionists that seem to be promoting what's happening or kind of undermining what's going on and using victim shaming in order to justify you know what's happening in Israel right now. Like yeah. there was, I think I saw a clip maybe about a month ago of Israelis um protesting outside of Yenahu's home or whatever. I didn't, again, this was on social media. I didn't necessarily see that reported again on mainstream media, but then again, why we would, why would we? But it just kind of shows that I think there is, even in Israel, um, there is this general understanding of this hatred for Yen Yahu that is not being talked about as much. That kind of gives the illusion that most Israelis are supporting of this. And as I you think said, it's a little bit more complex. I think that a lot of Israelis don't support Netanyahu, but I think they absolutely support the genocide of Palestinians. I think that there's right. a very, you know what I mean? I think that because he, Netanyahu was already in trouble before this kicked off. And I, I, I frankly uh, am, uh, uh, 
it would be easy for me to believe that this, uh, the October 7th was allowed to happen. We have a significant amount of reporting that shows that that is certainly possible, uh, that Israel allowed it to happen in order to justify this thing. But I also think that if that's the case, uh, Netanyahu almost certainly did it because we know if a president or a world leader is in trouble, what do you do? You start a war and war. suddenly your approval natings go up. Yeah. So um, I think that, yeah, I think a lot of people even prior to October 7th were um, uh, stood in opposition to Netanyahu in general. But I don't think that that necessarily means that they don't support what's happening in Gaza, unfortunately. And then with Biden, you know, he has described this as with the bombing as indiscriminate. You know, even yes. he has said that. So the fact that yeah. our president is acknowledging that what Israel is doing is no bueno, but the fact that you're still giving arms to him and you're still kind of being complicit in what's happening, it kind of shows that you're a hypocrite. And that also is not necessarily being called out, I think, at all, you know, within the media. It's like, if you, and I, I want to say for all intents and purposes that Biden does not agree with what's happening right now if we want to give him some type of conscience. But, but the question is, why aren't you, and we know why, but why aren't you using your leverage to say, if you continue doing this, we're going to divest from you. And and I've said this all the time, just the idea of calling for a ceasefire, I, in my personal opinion, is the compromise here. Well, really yeah. what we should be talking about is divestment of Israel. They shouldn't, if they continue doing this, we should not be supporting them financially in what's happening. And I'm sure that will be a cause for Israel to come to some type of negotiations uh, with the Palestinians in order to have some type of, well, I honestly don't think in terms of having, like the, the idea is having a two-state solution. I don't think that's gonna work. I also don't think at this point, one-state solution is gonna work. If you wanna make the comparison to how black people are treated in this country, you can make the argument, yeah, we can do a lot more stuff now, but are we truly liberated? The answer is no. And I can argue that same sentiment might be, would happen, you know, what we're seeing in South Africa right now, it will be very much apparent to what will happen in Palestine if there were to be a one-state solution. So I don't actually have the answer to what that would look like. Um, but what I do believe is that there has to be more conversations among Israelis and Palestinians and have them collectively try and figure out how this will work um, in terms of what liberation means for everybody involved. Um, but it's just, there's a lot of, seemingly grown-ups in a room that are making decisions for people that yeah. are totally against. There's a lot of psychopaths in those rooms making those decisions. And yeah, listen, um, a ceasefire is, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, that is just almost offensive. You know, obviously we need a ceasefire. It needs to stop. Everything that's happening right now, all of the aggression, all of the violence, that needs to stop. That is first and foremost, of course. But that is, it's just ridiculous. It's offensive on its face. Uh, it's free Palestine, period, end of story. And it, it, that includes bringing up Netanyahu and his band of merry psychopaths up um, on uh, uh, charges um, for the numerous 
lists war crimes and crimes against humanity that they are not only committing, but openly bragging about, they're posting video evidence for. It's not like that wouldn't be an easy slam dunk case if the world made any sense at all whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't. And there's very little chance that that's going to happen. Now, there may come a, a, a time where um, uh, the West decides to use Netanyahu as a fall guy um, and they decide to take him down or out. I don't think that he will be brought up on charges. Um, I don't know how that would play out, but I don't think that there's, it's just, it's so beyond absurd to me that people are, and you're right, two-state solution, that hasn't been a possibility for a very long time. Uh, that has been talked about, um, uh, you know, Hamas agreed to the uh, 1967 borders at one point, um, and that has been shot down by the West and by Israel time and time again. It's never going to be something that uh, comes to pass, but listen, it's, it, there is no, um, in, there's no going back. Um, I've talked about this a lot on this show. There's no going back. I think that this this is not the first time that a situation like this has arose in Palestine. I mean, there 2004, 2014, there's been instances, the Great March of Return. There's been instances where Israeli aggression has riven to, risen to insane levels before. Obviously, this is the worst it's ever been. But I think that uh, previously, it was, it's been very easy for those uh, things to go, uh, those situations to rise up. And then it kind of gets tossed to the side and it gets buried under other news. There's just no chance that that happens this time. I think that so many people this time around are paying attention. And I also think that because of social media and because of the incredible uh, on-the-ground journalists in Gaza, incredibly brave, um, uh, the way that they've been able to get information out, I think a lot of people have been awakened to the reality of the situation. I think a lot of people have been able to slip past the propaganda they've been able to get through to the other side and so i think at this point now there's no going back there's no going back to the way that it was where there's an open air concentration camp where 2.2 million people uh including half of those being children there's no way that we can go back to that at this point i just think that we are well past that now what that looks like i don't know um we've heard israeli officials say that this war is going to be long and drawn out um uh so certainly they want to uh, try to wipe palestinians off the map i hope that they're not successful i hope that there's enough pressure world wide that they're unable to complete that goal. Um, but it's just, it's very frustrating to watch this play out and be able to do absolutely nothing about it other than talk about it and try to raise awareness for it. So, um, okay, listen, we got to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Winter is going to reclose in on Europe and the United States. The United States had a very warm Christmas, but if you looked at the weatherbell.com analogs, that we put out back in March for how we thought this was going to evolve. A lot of this is based on our climate hypothesis having to do with the underwater geothermal venting that's going on. It predicted almost perfectly the Christmas temperature across the United States, with it being warm in the east and central part of the country and cold in the west. It also is predicting a cold January, February, and March, and this is coming for much of the southern and eastern United States. It's also coming for Europe. You folks in Europe, get ready. You can punch the clock. You're about 10 days away from a dramatic change. And there is going to be three to four weeks of really, really nasty weather in Europe. Because this is a retrograding pattern, we have something called the quasi-biennial oscillation, which is easterly. What happens is Europe will get very, very cold first. The United States over the next two weeks will be cold from about the central part of the United States, west, east, south, where it'll still be warm in Canada. Then the mother load comes into the United States later in January and February. So we're giving you fair warning now. 
there is a textbook stratospheric warming event taking place. It was already one. It is leading to the response that's turning it cooler now across the United States. But the second one that is coming is the one that can really, really dump the polar vortex into the Great Lakes for a while later in January or February. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Are you ready to help your family get prepared for the unexpected? Here we go! Ladybug and Cat Noir know how important it is to be ready because you never know when Hawk Moth is going to strike or a disaster will hit. And you don't need miraculous powers. Just put those planning skills you already have to good use. Make a plan that will help you and your family be ready when emergencies happen. Ready Kids can help. Get started at ready.gov kids. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. All right, we're here with my my dear friend, Colin Raddox-Carter from Indie News Network. Please go check them out on all the platforms, Rockfin, Rumble, Odyssey, um, you know, all of them. Stay away from YouTube. Seriously, YouTube is just continuing to get worse. It is unreal, the level of censorship that is happening over there. Um, and there is no ability for, if you don't have like a million followers, uh, being able to challenge any of that stuff is, is, is impossible. So, um, okay, listen, we're talking about Israel-Palestine. Uh, Colin, I also wanted to talk about the um, unbelievable amount of journalists that have been killed in Gaza. Uh, we mentioned it briefly there, but we are now up to, um, and this is from 11.15 uh, a.m. my time Eastern here on December 28th. Um, it, Israel has now killed 105 journalists in 83 days. Colin, that is insane. The fact that that is taking place on center stage for all of the world to see and they're able to get away with it so effectively, really, uh, uh, to me, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And the reason why they're doing it is they don't want the truth to get out. Yeah. So essentially they're, so they're killing journalists for the not to have the truth get out. They're killing children. And this is what anti-Zionists have said is they don't want the next generation to rise up against Israel. Like with right now we're in the Christmas season. So it's literally like the idea, it's not lost on me who has had to study theology and religion, Christian theology, like in school, like the idea, like this is exactly like playing out exactly in the time of Jesus. Like this is what Jesus, Jesus died because he was radical against the establishment. And like essentially these Palestinian children, you know, given the means that they grew up in, you know, are being radicalized in the same way. And, and Israel doesn't necessarily want that. So they have to you know, they have to kill off all the, the youth uh, in the in the region as well. So yep. it's it's just really insane that the fact that, you know, for Zionists, you talk about oppression, especially with the Holocaust, you know, mm -hmm. and I totally get that. And I mean, I totally understand that given everything that I've learned in school. But one thing, you know, especially within my tra tradition as a Black person is for people who are oppressed and you gained your liberation, you don't sign with oppressors in order to um, oppress anybody else. And that's the difference between, that's the issue with Zionism. It's the idea that you cannot go and take, if, 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 land, if something belongs to you, it belongs to you. You don't have to necessarily fight for it, you know, in order if, if that's yours. So the idea that you're willing to side with the West 
in order to forcibly take something that you believe, given scripture, is yours. I think it's totally wrong. And the idea that you're doing that to the oppression and the slaughter of indigenous people living there, I think is also ridiculous. So yes. <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about that, you know, in terms of slavery here. We can talk about that in terms of Native Americans, you know, and what happened in the West, but it doesn't compute for a lot of people when it comes to this. There are just yeah. a lot of parallels in history that if you're that able whole thing, Colin, that whole thing, the idea that my uh my religious book says that this this thing's true. That listen, I'm an atheist. So all of that, not that's nonsensical to me. Your your religion your religion is not the only religion on earth. Your religion does not give you special powers, it does not give you special rights, it doesn't give you any uh special claim to land or anything. It is a you know, a book that somebody wrote. And it's if you want to have like some belief or whatever about any kind of um, spiritual, do your thing. I'm the first person to defend your right to do that. But when your beliefs then uh, lead you to believe that you have a right to murder people, uh, steal their land, uh, all of that stuff, it, no, that's where you lose me. That is 100% where you lose me. And I think that that's what's so frustrating about this conflation of Zionism with Judaism. Zionism is not Judaism. Zionism is a political ideology. Judaism is a thousands-year-old religion. Uh, the two are not one in the same. And in fact, what's so frustrating about all of this is because there's this, all these claims about the rise of anti-Semitism. And there, there's probably some truth to that. But you know what's causing the rise in anti-Semitism? Zionism. That's what's right. causing the rise in anti-Semitism because people are equating you have this country uh it's you can argue whether or not it's a legitimate country but there's this country who is flying the star of david as their flag and then going and slaughtering a bunch of innocent women and children as you just mentioned um and and and, and saying they're doing it in the name of judaism no you're not the people who invented zionism were atheists, atheists. you know what i mean right. they, they had no they had no um uh, real hang up on any kind of jude you know what i mean it's just so silly to me and i'm glad that you brought up the fact that they're killing children because they want to kill the next generation. That is a telltale sign of genocide. That's what they do. Um, that's why they're targeting civilian infrastructure. That's why they're targeting hospitals because they don't want people who are injured to then be able to get health care. They want people to die of disease and starvation, all of that stuff. It is very apparent. But also, we need to, I, I keep forgetting to bring this up. We need to remember that not that long ago, I believe it was during uh, the 2014 situation, but the IDF had shirts made that said one shot two kills and it had a picture of a pregnant Palestinian woman on it. That's the level of psychopathy that we're dealing with here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they, they want to take out women and children. That's been made very apparent. That's why they're targeting the, the civilian inf infrastructure that they are. And it's so strange to me that more people can't see that. And again, I recognize that Israeli propaganda is incredibly pervasive. And up until this point, it's been very effective I think, though, Colin, and maybe you will agree or disagree. I don't know. You can tell me. I think that Israel is for sure losing the PR war this time around. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think especially with the younger generation like Gen Z. Like, I yeah. think especially you could argue that social media has been extremely helpful because we see what's happening in Gaza and in, and we cannot forget the West Bank as well. Um because there's also shenanigans in that territory as Lots. well. Lots, yes. Um, you know, but we see what's happening. We're able to put two and two together. And the idea that 
people are able to study and kind of make decisions on their own without necessarily having the support of uh, traditional media kind of force feeding us the information that they want us to know. I think that makes a difference, especially since a lot of the younger generation does not read new do not read newspapers at least physically like a lot of our information we get online so yeah. we're able to get to the sources more often than not directly um i think a couple of weeks ago uh my co-host reef and i uh we um talked about uh refat alarir he was a uh, teacher journalist who was killed in an airstrike at the beginning of the month um, and just before he was killed, he uh, tweeted out a poem that I think went viral. But essentially, he said that if he dies, you must live to tell the sto our story. And like, and I think that's really the call that we have in independent media. Like, we have to stand in solidarity with these journalists who are trying to tell their stories and trying to tell the truth. And it's our job to be able to share that truth with our audiences. So if anything, it gave me more of a charge, especially going into 2024, to really seek truth and be brave enough to share that truth, even, it, well, in his case, the point of death. And I think for many of us, you know, I don't know, I can't tell you how people in independent media, what their motives are, but you should be willing to, there should be some sacrifice if you're willing to do this type of work. And, you know, we've seen a lot of these journalists who are willing to do that to the point of death. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that will happen to us, but we should be willing to share that truth at something of valuable to us, you know, in the way that a lot of these Palestinian journalists were willing to do. So I think, I think that's encouraging to see that they're willing to share it in spite of what will happen to them personally. And we should not take those steps lightly in independent media. We do have that responsibility to follow forward in their steed and to be able to continue uh, sharing the truth in a way that they want it to be told. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you 100%. And frankly, I don't know that I've seen um, anything much more inspiring than uh, the courage of the journalists on the ground in Gaza. Watching why Al Dawud, um, uh, his family was targeted. Um, he lost numerous family members. I don't remember exactly how many. I know that he lost kids. Um, I think his wife, uh, a bunch of people in his family. He had to go. He had to take time, leave work, leave reporting, go identify their bodies. The next day, Colin. The next day, my guy was out reporting again, and then. Uh, he and his cameraman were attacked and targeted at another location. He was shot. His cameraman was shot and then left to bleed out on the ground. Uh, and he went to the hospital, got patched up. And then the next day, again, my guy was back out on the streets uh, doing his job reporting on uh, the atrocities happening to the people of Palestine. That is, I listen, I know that you just said that we should be willing to take risks. And, so, and I agree with that. I'm absolutely willing to um, speak the truth, even if it, it brings consequences. But the courage that it takes 
um, to be in that situation, which I will almost certainly never be in. Um, right. We can't take that for granted. I mean, we need to recognize that courage. It's incredible to me seeing the, the way that they, and they know, Colin, they know they're being targeted. They know that their families are potentially being targeted. They're fully aware of that and they're willing to do the work anyway. And that's just, I mean, they're, I, I don't have words for that. I don't know. I, I'm willing to speak the truth, um, uh, you know, regardless of consequences. And I have dealt with consequences myself. There's no question about it. I mean, listen, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I'm on some lists. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm certainly on some lists. So I recognize that there's risk there. But the idea that they have that kind of courage um, is awe-inspiring. I mean, it really is. It's just, um, it's something. It really, I mean, there just there really isn't a lot of words, and I have a great deal of respect for journalists who do that. Not just in Gaza. I mean, we talked about Vanessa Bealey. She literally lives in a war zone. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Uh, and those are the kinds of people who I have a great deal of respect for. And that is why I will never call myself a journalist. I am not a journalist. There, yeah. I have far too yeah. much respect for that profession to ever yeah. lump myself in with the likes of them ever. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I'm. I just commentate. Like I yeah. take. I take articles that I think need to be highlighted and share them and critique and like give my thoughts on them. So it's not like I'm on the ground necessarily doing the work that they're doing. But the idea, as you said, that they're willing to do that in the midst of a war zone, I think is very inspiring. And we shouldn't and we should be listening to their stories. You know, I think yeah. we hear too much of the Zionist side, you know, like you know, as a teacher, I always teach about the idea that we have to listen to multiple perspectives. We all have our own story. So we have to be willing to share, listen to the Palestinian side and how they feel. And then from there, being able to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? So, yeah. and I think maybe one point and maybe sometime in the near future, we're able to do that. Um, but at least right now, we should be working towards that, that at minimum, we the Palestinian side to this horrific conflict is being elevated. Yes, 100%. I agree with that 100%. The Zionist narrative has been pushed for decades, um, almost entirely unchallenged. Uh, mainstream media in the West has been carrying water for Zionism for a very long time. Uh, the United States government has been covering for and carrying water for Zionism for a very long time. I mean, when you have members of um, Congress, when you have a, a, a president, a sitting president who is on the record of as saying that he, you don't have to be uh, a Jew to be a Zionist and saying that right. if Israel didn't exist, we would have to invent it. Um, and listen, I think that that's something that people are missing, that there, there's, Israel was invented for a reason and it wasn't to give Jewish people a state. That is absurd. That is not the reason why Israel was created. It was created as, um, what did Kennedy call it? Um, Oh, kind of like a military outpost for right. the yeah. United it's States. That's for, what it is. Proxy, yeah, it's a proxy for the West. Yes. It's like they're the middleman for in our interests in the Middle East. That's yes. the role that Israel serves. And anyone who denies that, you know, it, well, you can deny all you want, but that's the role that Israel plays. So, yeah. and considering, you know, the, the ideas, we don't have time to go into it, of what they plan to do, I think is yeah. very telling. Like they want to be, and especially now they want to be, you know, um, up, you know, to go against what is happening in China, what is happening in Russia, I think more so now. Um, so 
it just gives us a foothold in that part of the world um, that's very prosperous, but at the same time, just... um, Very strategically placed. Right. For a lot of things. So, so yeah. Um, Yeah. It's abundantly clear, Colin. That's what's so frustrating. I feel like people um, just don't, uh, maybe they have, they believe the whitewashed version of history, but they're just not examining the deeper story. They're not examining um, uh, why Israel was created, what purpose it serves, who created it, who's been protecting it, um, all of that stuff. And I think that that's, it's very frustrating because again, they have completely co-opted and bastardized Judaism for this Mm -hmm. disgusting genocidal political ideology that is uh, uh, brutally slaughtering innocent people uh and has been this is not just since october 7th that's what they've been doing for decades and it's um it's just very frustrating that so many people uh were were able to be uh swayed by that kind of a storyline and uh, that haven't been able to look at the reality of the situation but you're right it is nothing more than a military outpost for the west it is a very strategically placed um uh it's the 51st state of the united states there's no question about it uh it is it is israel couldn't exist without the united states or Yes. You know, yes. Like. 100%. Yes. There's no question. Okay. Listen, we are unfortunately out of time. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I appreciate oh, no you problem. as always. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, everybody go check out Colin. Uh, you can find all of his links for everything over on my Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Please check out Indie News Network, uh, INN News on Wednesday nights with him and Reef is always fantastic. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in today. I'll be back tomorrow with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this here on TNT Radio.